Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 And welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, new releases you should check out now. A bunch of plays of albums we're looking ahead to, plus a listen back to Killing Eve, Soundtrackers, and Rough Trade Albums of the Month Top 10 awardees, Unloved, when they were in conversation at Rough Trade East for their album launch party back at the beginning of the month. First up, though, and a release week many of us, especially the Rough Train Nottingham lot, have been waiting for. The Mighty Sleeve of Mods dropped their brand new album, Eaten Alive, on Friday, and it features 12 new tracks, all recorded in Nottingham. The record is the first release on Jason and Andrew's newly formed label, Extreme Eating, which apparently speaks very much for itself. They say, here we are once again in the middle of another elitist plan being digested slowly as we wait to be turned into feces once more. Uh, You can snap this up, uh, it's a very thought-provoking gem, on limited blue or pink vinyl, and here's a nice little track to tempt you. Slaves. 
Sleaford Mods and OBCT. Other delectable records out this week include new ones from Desperate Journalist, James Yorkston, Julia Jacklin, Du Blonde, plus the vinyl and CD edition of Better Oblivion Community Centre, the co-project from Phoebe Bridges and Connor Oberst that I played you a few weeks back. Up next, though, I'm going to play you a new one from the forthcoming Idlewild album. So according to sources, it has all the indie rock DNA of the band, but has mutated into new and strange ways. So the record is called Interview Music and it's released on April the 5th and it's up for pre-order now. Check out this track from it, which I believe is the opener. It's called Dream Variations.
That was our Dewald and interview music is also available on a limited double red vinyl, which is really cool. And next we have Barry, who are the Brooklyn five-piece led by singer-songwriter Barry Lindsay. She also plays guitar, synth, bass and piano, but this is very, very much a full band record. Her bandmates all hailing from different parts of the world or parts of the US until they came together in New York, which is largely much of the scaffolding of the record, according to Barry herself. So the album is called Happy To Be Here. It was co-produced with Jake Aaron, who's notable for working on albums from Snail Mail, Solange and Grizzly Bear. There's big, big dream pop vibes with this music. Um, it reminds, reminds me very much of Always and Beach House, so basically synth heaven. Um, we have this on a very, very limited bubblegum pink vinyl. It's out this Friday, so hopefully there will be a bunch left as it has proved very popular uh, so far. But see what you think of this anyway. This is track Clovers.
Barry there spreading inclusivity and bringing us a lot of joy all at the same time. Bit of a different sound with this next one though, as also new this week we have the third album from Drenge. It's called Strange Creatures and it comes out via Infectious Records. It follows an EP earlier this year and the band say it's the most considered record that they've ever made. They also describe it as a psychological horror movie on wax. Sound good? Uh, We better play one from it then, I guess. Uh, So this is Drenge and the track Autonomy. Next and five to one is replaced this week by Playback 
aspects of the very special Q&A we hosted at Rough Trade East with Unloved. So Unloved are the Belfast LA trio whose second LP, Heartbreak, was released earlier this month. And it's currently sitting in our top 10 albums of the month edit over on roughtrade.com if you haven't checked that out yet. Fans of the series Killing Eve might also be familiar with them as much of their music soundtracks the series. So here they are speaking to Bill Brewster. My name is Bill Brewster. I'm a music journalist based down here. And with me this evening, we've got Unloved. So if you want to give them a, a nice round of applause. I'm going to ask them some questions, but also hopefully we'll leave enough time for you to ask questions to the band as well, if you uh, want to. So, guys, t- tell me first of all how, how you came together, given the fact that you live in Ireland most of the time. Uh, um, okay, I'll answer this one. Um, <coughs> I was working on a movie um, for Steven, <laughs> Steven Soderbergh, and I heard about this guy called Kefis who was an amazing uh, keyboard player, but, and he was also a really nice person. <laughs> and he was re- just really, and I was like, oh, Kefis, that sounds really cool. And I says, can we get him down to the studio and he came down and then blew all our minds. But before that, we hung out outside the studio and I knew he was gonna be a friend for a long time, because we just headed off. I actually didn't know he was a good keyboard player or not. And then we just headed off as friends and then musically. And then we kept in touch. And then I moved to LA for a year to work. And then Kefis invited me to a club that Jade and him put on called the Rotary Room, which was every Tuesday night and all these amazing LA musicians would get together and form little bands and learn songs and each week people would create a, a night and then they asked me to create a night and I'd come up with a bunch of songs and then through that I got the CG and then they said would you like to produce us and I said well, why don't we just make a fucking record and we did and then we just we were in LA and you know if you grew up watching a lot of films you live in this little fucking dream world, and you went, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm Phil Spector, I'm Jack Nietzsche, and we've got the Wrecking Crew, and she's Darling in Love, and she's, you know, Ronnie Spector, and, and we were in this incredible recording studio, and then we just kept, we just made about 50 tracks. Um, most of them you can hear now in Killing Eve. Um, and yeah, we didn't know where it was going, and then we just made an album, and then we made another album, and we're actually just really good friends. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pissed. <laughs> that, that's a very thorough answer. <coughs> anyway, uh, please put your hands together for Unloved. <laughs> so, um, before David interrupts and talks more, um, Kiefer, so is there a conceptual idea behind the group? I mean, it's obviously influenced by the 60s, but there's, there's lots of other things in there as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, is, what are some of the other... Yeah, yeah fi- oh, fire Take away. your vocoder off. First of all, thank you all for coming. 
Um, Red Rum. <laughs> By the way, Harry's doing sound for us, and he, we just met, and I asked if he could put a pitch on my voice for the interview since I haven't done many of these. <laughs> so... Um, you got to take the pitch off, dude. Take the pitch off? Yeah. Okay. Harry? Oh, is that better? Um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, what are the musical influences of Unloved? Is um, there's, I, I think it's just uh, such a huge, huge amount of, it's not even necessarily always just uh, music. It's, it's sort of emotion or, or uh, getting to something that's like, sort of like David said, you're imagining how, how do you get the sound of something uh, from instruments or the new sounds constantly, because we're, I think we're all sort of, uh, we want something that excites us, like the first time you play in a band and the first time you learn how to play a song, it's like you're trying to retake a hit of that excitement of something, something new that breaks it open. And we, we all seem to always be on the same, same page with that and totally different uh, music libraries coming from totally different music backgrounds uh, that all sort of continually meet and, and cross, cross into what's going on, I guess. And co compositionally, how, how do you put, you know, how, how did you put the new record together, for example? I mean, yeah, were you all sat in the studio working together or you're sending files to each other or...? We, we would go, <clears throat> you know, both records are similar in a sense. We would go in these batches uh, for usually about five to six days uh, and sort of go down... All drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... Uh, Legal drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that shit we were taking on the first record? Uh, angel dust. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. There was in being in Los Angeles. Sometimes you can go to the natural herb store, and they're like, <laughs> "Try this," and it was actually really strong, uh, really strong, but they say to take two, and David and I would take six. Every R. Uh, Every but R. honestly, it, 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 so it's been in batches, and this record was the same. We'd, we went up to Belfast. Uh, Jade and I had just sort of moved out of Los Angeles. They went up to Belfast from Hollywood? Yeah. From Hollywood, just up to Belfast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And would have an amazing week of just throwing everything at it and then leave for a while and work together. Jade and I were, you know, traveling together and her and I would work on things. Jade, uh, sorry. Yeah. During this, Jade was reading The Last Train to Memphis, the Elvis Presley yeah. book which was really inspiring her vocals. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yes. No. no. It's true. It's true. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. A lot of Elvis. 
So um, ha could you tell me how the the association with Killing Eve came about? Because that seemed like a kind of match made in heaven musically with the atmosphere of the drama. Yeah, they, they contacted <coughs> me and just, you know, said, would you be interested in looking at this? And I love Fleabag. I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is amazing and stuff. I was like, wow, it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fleabag. And this is going to be good. And I read the first script. And then I had a phone conference, you know, <laughs> with all the producers and stuff. And, you know, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I recognized was, I mean, it's weird because people ask you to do these projects and you could get on and just blag your way through it. But I think the true answer to these people is, I have no idea what this should sound like, but I know this should be the sound of Killing Eve. And their editor had been temping, like putting a temp music track in with stuff from my compilations, Brigitte Bardot, Contacts, and you know stuff from Oceans and all that. <clears throat> and apart from Brigitte Bardot, everything else wasn't that right. And it was two female characters so they just said, look, can you send us a big batch of music? So I sent them our entire unloved archive. And it just, I have no idea why, but it just worked. And that's the brilliant thing about film and music. You have no idea why these things just connect sometimes. But we, we give them music that we had made seven years previous. And the first episode came back and they had placed three tracks. And I was like, holy shit, this is working really well. And then they would send us episodes that had no music, and then I'd send it back, and there'd be seven unloved tracks in it. <laughs> That's the truth. And they, it, it's just one of those things that works really well. I have no explanation for it. It just, it, it's just the, the zeitgeist or fate, or whatever you want to call it, but Ultimately, it was just an amazing marriage um, between sound and image that just worked brilliantly. And I have no explanation for it. And did, did you have a hand in the music supervision as well? Because a lot, a lot of the songs that aren't by Unloved are kind of very David Holmes yeah, yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I work with this amazing girl called Catherine <coughs> Greaves. Yeah. And she's another <coughs> music supervisor on it, and we have a great relationship, and it's totally egoless, and she comes up with really good ideas. And I try to come up with really good ideas, and you know, we both agree when we've got a good idea and something isn't working. So she's, we're not afraid to say, you know, that's shit. So it's really good, actually. It's very just the way it should be, which is, you know, we could do better, or, you know, or that's brilliant, or, you know, so yeah. it, it, we have a really good, but the producers, you know, they're, they're the, producers, <clears throat> the producers on Killing Eve are really smart in the sense that they kind of know, I mean, TV itself is an amazing medium for experimentation because you've got such a longer journey, lifespan, that where you can actually develop characters and be more dangerous with your choices. So, um, Kephas and I would deliver an episode, um, 
and we were just basically just doing what we wanted. And Jade came on board. Just Jade became this incredible, the most actually the most the main instrument throughout the whole series. Her voice, <coughs> and it we it, the first episode was a nightmare. Because like, oh, this is gonna be a fucking nightmare. And then once we got their trust, it was actually just so easy because it was like, okay, see what we're all trying to do here. This is really good. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And that sort of, in a way, give you the confidence to sort of try new things. Because I don't want it to be full of unloved music. I mean, it's good. It's an amazing platform for us to, to, to you know, there's tracks that the three of us made at 3 a.m. and their home studio in Los Angeles that you just never thought was going to see the light of day have now become a major theme in Killing Eve. So that's really beautiful <clears throat> to see that. It's like, fucking hell, that's amazing. So, but it just, it just works and, you know, and they, they, they're, they're, they recognize that it works as well. So it's, it's a two-way street. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what's quite strange about it is I'm assuming a lot of the songs were pre-written and yet lyrically some of them work so well in the context of the drama as well. And I'm just wondering, Jade, we, had you already written these songs or...? Yes. Oh, really? So yes. They, they were just placed in particular places? Yes, yes. It was that kind of spooky for you to kind of watch the drama and see how they, how the music unfolded with the drama itself? Spooky? Uh, yeah, a little bit, you know, it was because they were, it just, I guess it meant for me that these things that, that I wrote could be, you know, have a broader meaning to them, I guess. You know, so, but it was a, a big surprise that it fits so well. It still is, actually. And has it made a difference to Unlo Unloved in terms of the profile? And We've only got 1,400 Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> but 20, 43 million people have watched Killing Eve on the BBC iPlayer. It's pretty shameful, isn't it, really? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, I don't get it. <coughs> But you have, well, you've got a new album out. That's so. actually true. <laughs> 43 million people have watched Killing Eve on the BBC iPlayer. But yet we've only got 1,400 Instagram followers. <laughs> and most of them are here tonight. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> They're all. <laughs> true. Oh, I don't get it, but. So, so how, how did you, because I think you put, you put the first album out yourselves, is that right? Or it came out on a. Yeah, rough yeah. I think you. Is that, is that right? Yeah, and, then, and then, obviously, you've got a long association with Jeff at Heavenly, so... Yeah. I, did, did he approach you, or did you approach him? Because uh, I think you did, you did <coughs> De Niro, wasn't that, on Heavenly, like, uh, years no, and years ago? No, I mean, or? Jeff is just, you know, he, he's... Is, he, is that everyone from Heavenly laughing? <laughs> um, no, Jeff is like... He's like Pete Meaden, you know? Do you know who Pete Meaden is? Absolutely, yeah. Pete Meaden was, you know, he was the ace face. He was the man. He fucking knew everything that was going on. He had incredible enthusiasm and love and energy for new new music, new people, youth at its very core. So my management, Solar, Gunter and Carol, have a good relationship with Heavenly and 
they spoke to Jeff and said, you know, and then they went. And I know Jeff is a big supporter of our first album. He uploaded our videos on his Caught by the River kind of website and stuff. And he's, uh, you know, just got real genuine enthusiasm and love for, like he introduced me to Shadow Morton. I didn't know who he was back in 1993. And ironically, he became such a huge influence and unloved. So it was kind of like, this feels right. So we should be with these people. And they just all love music. So it's a fucking honor to be on. Actually, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? As a record collector, um, how how does that feed into what you make in the in the studio? The kind of music that you look for and search for, and because there's a certain kind of visceral quality to what you do as a group. That um, also that a lot of the kind of music that you've used in music supervision and compilations and stuff like that it comes from a similar kind of place. Well, you know, nothing's original. <coughs> I mean, nothing is original. So you gotta, you just gotta celebrate what you love, but try and do it in a way that's uh, unique. And the uniqueness comes from, I suppose, being authentic. And so, the three of us have got very uh, different, but the same kind of musical kind of trajectory you know we're all interested in elements of jazz and swing and soul and rhythm and blues and then we all get together and <clears throat> we kind of find this kind of center point that kind of you know um, just excites us all so it's you know of course you know you have to be inspired by something you know it's 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 not the 60s, you know, where everything is new and fresh and things are being kind of made. But, you know, it's, I'm, I've, you know, our record collections are, you know, really, really important um, to, you know, what we're trying to do as a band. But ultimately, I think once you bring that all together, you've got something that sounds like unloved. And Jade's voice, I think, is so unique. Like, you know, you've heard it before, but you haven't. You know, and, and Kifus is the most incredible musician I've ever worked with in my entire life. You know, and to, between the three of us, we, we come up with something that we, we really love. And it's very, it's just a great fucking humbling experience just to be able to actually make music and, you know, not get paid for it, <laughs> as it were. But, you know, thank you, Killing Eve. Um. <clears throat> I mean, apart from your 1,400 Instagram followers, has it actually made a difference to the profile of, of the group? I mean, it, it must be a, a huge help having uh, something like that. Kephas or Jade. <clears throat> I, I mean, most definitely. I mean, people are able to, if if they find an attraction to it, it's like any any of these films or shows. If they hear something that they're attached to, they're able to find it much easier now too. Uh, but I I would say most definitely, it's been it's been nice to see uh, excitement and people relating to it, and then people uh, actually 
feeling the the relationship to it and Jade's Jade being the secret voice of the characters and actually understanding some of it is super cool. I, I, I think it's awesome. I think Jade also finds it really... I hear her laugh a lot when people send her things that she's reading about it, that it's like, that's what I was thinking, or that's not what I was thinking at all. But yeah, it, it almost feels sometimes like she's kind of the conscience of, of Villanelle, or, yes. which is a very strange thing to... They've got a lot in, they've got a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a night off from a mission. Yes. This isn't actually Jade, this is her. Doppelganger. Doppelganger robot double spy. So we've, uh, we've got a little bit of time for people to uh, ask questions to uh, the band. Does any, would anybody like to ask a question? There's, I can see a hand up over there. What? You just want to hear... About? All of this. About? <laughs> but if you're a bit more specific, you can maybe answer it. Uh, <laughs> Well, the FA Cup or? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, no. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a dream. It really is a dream. These, these guys inspire me to, inspire me so much musically and, and in film and life. And it feels like the perfect spot in the universe for me. So that's what it feels like. Uh, the gent is it gentleman? Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. Um, I thought there was a bit of a John Barry influence in the new album, so is there any chance you pitch for the new Bond movie? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> it is the 21st century, though, so we probably no chance. They'll probably just go for someone. Is completely wrong for the job. Yes. <laughs> Actually, while you're here, what, what's the difference between working together as a unit and working independently on soundtracks and such like? Because obviously Kiefer's works on soundtracks as well as you. Is there, is there a difference in the approach? I don't think so. Actually, that's a really good question because... Being in a band is a bit like being in a relationship. So it's really important that you actually spend time apart in order for the relationship to grow. So I just did a, two movies, um, you know, not, not with Kefis, and Kefis just did True Detective with T-Bone, Burnett. But that's what keeps our relationship really strong. You know, so we then we get back together and we're actually happy to see each other, rather than kind of like, oh fuck, it's you again, <laughs> you know. And so it's kind of it's really important to have that time apart because you when you work with other people, you learn new things, and then when you get together. But Kefis is a re we're like, you know, our fr my friendship with him is more important than unloved, if you know what I mean. And Jade, yeah. it's kind of like you know. There's so much that happened in the trajectory of this 
relationship that no one will ever know. You know what I mean? Just life stuff. You know, and then you, <clears throat> it's only fucking music at the end of the day, as important as that is. You know, you, just some things are more important, like like friendship. You know, so and not being together all the time is what will make our um, kind of uh, relationship grow as a group, rather than just be depend. You know, like in the studio like every day, and then you just end up fucking hitting each other. It, does it make a difference the fact that you're more of a studio uh, outfit rather than a constantly touring band where you end up sort of refusing to talk to each other? Well, that's why I never wanted to be in the band. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's, it's you know, that's a, a life that's either for you or it's not. It's not really for me. I don't really want to... I've been DJing since I was 15 and I'm about to turn 50. That's a long time, just traveling around the world, fucking like, you know, getting up to no good and, you know, losing half your week. You know, it, it comes a time you just go, you know what, I just want to be with my family and sit in a recording studio and, and you know, do work on music. And drink Horlicks. But, but these guys are live performers and that's where they come from and that's what they do and they want to do and that's a big part of it, you know, so it's just... But the fact that we're not together on the road is probably a really good thing, which means we'll probably make a few more albums together. <laughs> you know. Uh, are there any more questions? There's a gentleman down here. Um, would you be doing any more music for the new series of Killing Eve? And if so, would it be new composed music or would it be from your back catalogue? It's both. You know. It, yeah. Just it, yeah. We've just finished five episodes actually. Of the new season, and it's 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 both. So and then and other other people as well, you know. There's like a, a track from Jim Weaver, and there's a track from, I mean, yeah. There's a bunch of new sort of tracks of different like artists and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just a mixture of everything. It's actually about just doing what's right for the series. It's not about us being like trying to get as many unloved tracks in as possible. The whole unloved connection with Killing Eve is really bizarre because it just works. And I can't explain why, it just does. And um, happy days. <laughs> you know, so it's really good. But yeah, you're always trying to get other people's music in there as well because you don't want it to be just, you know, about this band, it's just like that. You know, I'm always trying to get other people in, um, which in the first series there was, in the second the season there is. There's loads of other music from other artists, as well as Unloved and Kefis and I's score. So, we've got time for for one more question, and I can see a hand up there. Do you ever, or would you ever, turn down a project? Uh, yeah, uh, no, of course. I mean, we, we all have. I mean, yeah, I mean. Of, of, yeah, of course, you know. Um, the, thi <clears throat> the thing about doing music is that you have to love the project. I I did one project once for money, and I, I actually became really depressed, like actually genuinely depressed. I fucking hated myself. It was just the worst uh, period just of like a musical career and, you and just now it's the score of Frozen. 
I would not feel guilty for that. What's the theme song to that? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Frozen 3. Still cold. Free Willy 6. But yeah. Um, yeah. But you know. Free Willy 6. <laughs> well, on, on that happy note. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. Uh, can we have a round of applause for Jay, David, and Kephas, please? Thank you. that was unloved and the track you just heard is called love i actually must apologize to you guys and also the band because in the albums of the month special a couple of weeks back uh, that i'd recorded with joff i stupidly chose a track uh, of their first record by mistake and we played it in the show and i didn't realize until it had gone out um so really really sorry about that mix up but hey 
you know, you've had the backstory and now you're up to date. So likely no harm done and you've discovered an amazing new band. Um, so on to events this week and we have Rough Trade Recommends at Rough Trade East this Wednesday. Another amazing opportunity to catch three up and coming bands or artists that we are championing. Um, plus beer, come and get a great atmosphere and it's all just for a fiver. Really, really nothing to complain about there and get down if you can. Um, at Bristol, some brilliant in-stores coming up with the Japanese house, Skinny Lister, Self-Esteem, plus the massive attack out of the comfort zone book launch, which is going to be very cool. In Nottingham, we've got local legend Jason Williamson of Sleeve of Mods, of course, and he's going to be in store chatting about and signing copies of his new book, Grammar Wanker. Plus, we also have installs from the Japanese House and Self Esteem 2 in Nottingham, and they're actually both also be playing East as well in the next seven days. So head online, slash events for all the details on those. Over in NYC, as ever, we have some great ticketed shows um, in our live space, courtesy of Bowery Events, including um, Yak, who played a brilliant run of in-stores in our UK stores earlier this month. Um, That album, I've got to say, has grown on me massively. So if you've not checked that out yet, please go and do so, because I think it's just one of those ones that I've heard in and out when I've been in the shop quite a few times. And it's, you know, when you hear a record and you keep forgetting who it is and you're kind of like, who is that? And I feel like that's the point at which you're like, it's sunk in and I'm enjoying it. So, um, yeah, there's one to check out if you haven't done so yet. Um, more music, though. And we next have Blank, who is Will White, former Maccabees touring member and songwriter. And he releases his new single, Chameleon, Chameleon sorry, out on Yala Records this Friday. Um, Rough Trade have the seven-inch single exclusively for a couple of weeks. I don't believe it's released anywhere else until the 15th. So get it while it's hot. Uh, described as sonically somewhere between Interpol meets Feist meets, oh, sorry, via Tom Petty. So Interpol meets Feist via Tom Petty. That's more than enough to intrigue me to give it a spin. So let's put it on. Here we go. This is Blank and new single Chameleon. <laughs> Come on 
So that was Blank, and we're almost at the end of another show. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you're new, hi, nice to have you. Um, next week, we're back with Albums of the Month, so don't miss that. The week after, I have Sam finally scheduled to join me on the show, which is long overdue. Um, and then hopefully we'll have that throwback feature that I mentioned a couple of weeks back, nice and ready for you. Um, to close the show today then and I couldn't really have a show play for much longer without mentioning our incredible Brexit playlist that we have over on Spotify so it's called Brexit Island Discs and as the name probably suggests it's a selection of songs all based on that really rather widely documented very unfortunate scenario that the UK are facing Um, so we put out a call on social media for suggested additions to this playlist And then we kind of compiled them all. Um, So thank you to everybody who contributed. But there is a very clear winner. Not that it was a competition, but there was just one that was like, whoa, that is that is a good track. That is great. Um, And I'm going to play the show out with it today. So if you were the person that chose this track, thank you very much. It's caused much enjoyment in the office. If you're listening to this, can you make yourself known? Because really, hats off, it's really, really cool. Um, The playlist is live now and I'm going to stick a link in the show notes for anyone who's interested to give it a follow or check it out. Um, If you've got any additional tracks you think we should add in there, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Um, Obviously comment them in the show notes or hit us up on Twitter, all the usual um, avenues. And yeah, have a great week. And this is XTC and Making Plans for Nigel. Bye.
and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.